1: How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. It's the complete package inside and out.
2: Drive the brand-new Mazda BT50 at your Mazda dealer.
1: On SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everham.
2: Uh, good evening and welcome to Time On. Sam Hargrave is filling in for Jack Heverin, who's just doing a brilliant job filling the shoes of Dwayne Russell on afternoons in Dwayne's World on SEN. Wonderful to have your company. one 736 736 is the number to call at any time. The floor is yours. 0433-9811-16. Uh, you can text at any time, too, on the Temper text line. Temper is a mattress like no other. Uh, it's been another fascinating day in sport. Uh, we've had a week where we've been wanting to hear from people and we've wanted to hear what their take is on certain situations. Yesterday, it was all about Collingwood and Mark Anderson and Nathan Buckley fronted up on SEN. And then with the summer of cricket just around the corner, Jerry Waitley's chat with Will Pukowski today was a, uh, a must-listen. And I think that there was not a single person uh, that listened to that interview that didn't hear it and say, oh, yeah, he's ready. He is absolutely ready, uh, and in case you didn't want to take my word for it, um, then maybe we would take the word of the man himself, speaking to Jared Waitley today.
3: Uh, I think I am Jared. Yeah, I, I definitely am. It's been a long journey, but
0: I, uh, I don't think I could be in a much better place to, to take this challenge on. So
3: uh, it's something that I'm really excited for. And yeah, as I said, sort of people have their different journeys and. And mine's sort of taken a bit of a different path. But, yeah, two years down the track from from Sri Lanka, yeah, when I was just about to turn 21, I feel like I've um, put in a mountain of work and that's been to, to achieve my goal of hopefully succeeding and, and playing for Australia. So if the opportunity comes, I definitely think I'm ready.
2: Oh, there we go. That's exciting. That's as exciting as it gets. A man that's just gone back-to-back double tonnes. I think he has three double centuries now. In Sheffield Shield cricket, and now it's all on the selectors, isn't it? Do they make the call to put him in and give him a good crack at it, or do they stick fat with Joe Burns, the man that Dave Warner said that he loves opening the batting with? Uh, Only time will tell. Continue to have your say on that. One three hundred seven three six seven three six, or off the temper text zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. It's all very well and good for us to talk about Will Bukowski and say, well, we think he's ready. He knows he's ready. He has said it to Gerard Waitley today. Um, but I reckon you need to sometimes add a little bit of weight to these uh, conversations. So whose weight would, whose opinion would carry that weight to say, oh, yeah, no, this bloke uh, is ready. Well, I, I reckon Steve Waugh would be a good one. This is what he had to say to Jerry Waitley today. It's
1: very hard not to pick him, but I'm I'm a big believer in also that the guys have done the job before and and um, you can't figure out what's happened in the previous test matches. I think Burns and Warner have, have uh, really um, developed a nice partnership. And um, I think it's important to have the chemistry in the opening batsman. It's something that I know David Warner was sort of searching for, and he's definitely found that in Burns, and it brought an amazing um, season out of Dave Warner, I think, purely for the fact he was comfortable batting with Joe Burns. Burns has done pretty well. He's got a pretty good test record. So I think he deserves another chance before we we move on to the next um, crop of players, although Pekoski will get his chance to do well. But I'm a big believer in um, you know if someone's done the job and they've been winning, then uh, and keep it the same. So my gut feel is that, um, that I'll keep the same side for the first test match, but it won't be long before Bukowski and Green are in there.
2: Steve War speaking speaking to Jerry Waitley today as well. So just a little bit more conservative approach from Tugger in terms of Will Pukowski. but as you heard him say there, it's very very hard. Uh, not to pick him. Both those chats are up on the Waitley podcast page as well, sen.com.au. From a footy point of view, yesterday, as I said, we heard from Mark Anderson, the CEO of Collingwood, and uh, Nathan Buckley, uh, the coach of Collingwood, after, uh, would we say, a tumultuous trade period. Um, I did hear today that, uh, again, from the president, that uh, that was all about the media coming after Collingwood because they didn't do trade radio. Um I would uh, respectfully disagree with that. I think that uh, the reason why there's been so much outcry that is because it's been led absolutely by the members and absolutely by the fans. but uh, one of the flow on situations of of that particular situation in the trade period was that Jaden Stevenson is now uh, a North Melbourne player and Scott Clayton, uh, who is their list manager at North Melbourne um, who's had tremendous experience all around the league. Uh, he spoke to SEN today as well about the recruitment. Of Jaden Stevenson,
0: I mean clearly we've we've known uh, Jaden for you know for some time. I, I can remember way back to his 18th year, and he was playing as an inside mid. And the two best inside mids in the in the Pat Cup, as it was back those days, was him and LDU. Um, so I mean, we've tracked him for a lot. We've done a massive amount of work. When I go back over the documentation that was available here at North, um, in his draft, he was all available. I remember uh, my time. Um, that. So it's sort of, you know, he's not new to us uh, and certainly we've seen his first year um, and, then, and then the second year. So he's very well known. And when the opportunity arose, you've got to be agile and flexible enough in the list management. I mean, no-one prepared for this four months ago. But when it happens, you've got to be agile enough to, to jump, and we did. And the other thing that we're really strong on is relationships with managers. We've worked very hard with that uh, here at North, and, and certainly that helped. Um, so that got us in, in, uh, in the door. And, um, and we put forward a, you know, a really good case, and I've been nothing but impressed with the conviction from him. To just, uh, you know, he's a personal trainer, and and uh, and the talking stopped now, but enough huge conviction that um, I'm sure he's going to have a, 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 you know, a great career ahead of him. Where do you think he'll play? Um, I'd love to see him back in, in, in the midfield, some inside, outside mid, there's, you know, some wing and stuff. But, I mean, clearly that there's always the the, the the draw to take him forward because he's so dangerous. Um, so, clearly, the new coach will have a lot to do with that. But I think he's flexible enough. And multi multitask players now, I think, are becoming, um, with his sizes and stuff, um, are becoming more valuable. So, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't underestimate wherever he could go.
2: There we go, Scott Clayton. Really excited about the future of Jaden Stevenson. Uh, three years at Collingwood, and and if you listen to that, they believe he's got a long career ahead. One three hundred seven three six seven three six for North Melbourne fans. Um, haven't heard much from you in regards to your trade period uh, work. How are you seeing it ahead of next season? Of course, first things first, and. Go back and have a listen to that chat too, because Scott Clayton had to do everything he did in this trade period without a head coach there. Um, just uh, And sometimes some would say that's probably better. Um, I'm sure that there was times when Nathan Buckley wished he wasn't having to do some of the things he was having to do, and he spoke about that as well yesterday. Um, and it will take us, and it is a chat for another day, about what role the coach should have in that trade period. Um, I think we will absolutely, as I said yesterday about the trade period itself, we will absolutely get to the point where American sport is, professional sport in America is, where you have a general manager, um, which in our sport would be the list manager or the football boss, and they do all the recruiting. They do all the hiring and firing. They do all the list management decisions. A coach gets a say but not the final say. They can make suggestions and um, give thoughts on what the list needs and what it doesn't need, but you keep that separate because... As Nathan Buckley spoke about that trust that the players need to have in him, very hard if that's the guy that is going to be firing you as well. Um, so I think we'll move to that model uh, sooner rather than later, and a lot of clubs already do it. Uh, I know several clubs already implement that, where the coach can has a has a voice but not the final one. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Mick Warner's just uh, written a story that's just gone up moments before we went to air. Haven't been able to read it all. Uh, before I get to that, by the way, the other story of the day, the North Melbourne coaching race is apparently down to three names, Robert Harvey, Daniel Jean, Syracuse, and Dave Noble, um, whose name is uh, Tim Watson, thinks it's right up there. He was speaking about that today on SEN Breakfast. Um, I have had the pleasure of having a couple of coffees uh, with Dave Noble, who I thought would, was going down the CEO path, and that's what he has said a few times, but his name is still right up there in the mix for, for this job, and he is just a... a fantastic football person. He's a fantastic person just in general from my dealings with him when I lived up in, in Brisbane. Uh, I haven't had any dealings with Robert Harvey and Daniel G and Syracuse, so I can't comment on them. We know what great players they were. Robert Harvey, of course, one of the greatest of his era. Um, but Dave Noble, the work that he's done side by side with Chris Fagan, and that has been a partnership there. Um, couldn't it do one without the other. Um, he would be a tremendous asset for any football club. That is for absolute sure. Um so North Melbourne fans, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. where do you sit on the North Melbourne coaching job situation? When you hear those three names as are being reported to be at the top of the, the, the list at the moment, which would you rather? Who would you like? Is are those the names that you'd like to see on that list or is there someone on there that we haven't seen? Of course, Ross Lyon ruled himself out very early. Michael Voss has ruled himself out. Jamie Graham, the West Coast assistant coach uh, as well. Who would you like to see on there? Robert's in North Melbourne. Hello, mate.
1: Good good afternoon, guys. How are you?
2: Very well, thanks.
1: Yeah, what about Mark Williams? You know, Dennis Pagan, push for Mark Williams. He's a good teacher of players. Look what he did to Dusty Martin. You know, why are not clubs looking at Choco Williams? Unbelievable. North Melbourne, come on. You know, what do you say?
2: Is there a... You're a North Melbourne fan, I take it. Robert?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I um, I think there's absolute validity to what you're saying. I think that, you know, Bob and Andy have spoken to Andy Collins, who's now gone back uh, to, to Hawthorne, which is wonderful for Hawthorne that Andy Collins has got back there. But Gary Ayres was another name that has come up. But I've said a few times that I think we're so quick to cast aside especially older coaches who have might, might have been around the block a couple of times. I think we've, we've gone through a, a, a stage in, in AFL where we're so keen to get the next bright, shiny new thing, and it can often be a keeping up with the Joneses thing. Because Alistair Clarkson was such a left-field choice and people didn't see it coming, then everybody goes out there and tries for a left-field choice, and some have worked and some haven't, and I'll let you be the judge of how you think the success rate has been with that particular um, I suppose, implementing that particular tactic or with that particular view or vision in mind. Um, but it, it, it's a great suggestion you make, Robert, because people far more learned than I say that North Melbourne, what they really need right now is a uh, is a statesman, is, a, is an experienced, wise head who has seen a lot that football can throw up and can step in uh, and, and do a job right now at a time when it's needed most. So, you know... Mark Williams, I don't know if he still has coaching aspirations. I can't remember what he said the last time that I heard him interviewed, but yeah, you know, I'd be really surprised if someone like that wasn't on that list as well. You know, he's a premiership coach. He's done well in the development space. You spoke about Dusty Martin and the relationship they had, so I absolutely understand where you're going with that. Uh one three hundred, seven three six, seven three six. Um this will be very exciting news to Tiger fans. Maurice Rioli Jr. has nominated Richmond ahead of the draft. Uh, John McCardle, the man who broke that story in the West Australian, will join us very soon, of course. Maurice Rioli Sr., a two-time premiership player for Richmond, a, um, a um, three-time All-Australian Simpson medalist, a captain Western Australia, a captain Northern Territory, a Simpson medalist as well. He won uh, a waffle premiership with South Fremantle. Uh, one of the greats of the game. And that Rioli name, uh, geez, it's given us so much, hasn't it? That, that Rioli name has given our game so much for us to be grateful for and to be excited by. and um, Yeah, it's, uh, that's very, very exciting news for Richmond fans. And we'll hear more about that just after 6.30. 1.300.736.736. Uh, Brian is in Mooney Ponds who wants to talk North Melbourne coaching. Hello, Brian. Hey, buddy. How you going? Really well, thanks.
0: That's good. Look, I'd love someone like David Noble with a bit of wisdom and great rapport with uh, with the players mm. can bring a lot. He's been a good architect with uh, Adelaide and also Brisbane, and I think that kind of uh, person coming to our club would really uh, galvanise the, the, the player group.
2: I think you're one hundred. yeah, I think you're one hundred percent right, Brian. There's you'll get no argument with me, and I wholeheartedly concur. Um, if you look at a lot of the things that Brisbane implemented and, and he and Chris Fagan implemented when he got up there, just so many little things. But, but you know, they both went and sat down with every single staff member at the club uh, from the back office all the way through and just tell us about who you are, what you do. So automatically the moment that these two stepped in the door and, and Greg Swan before them... They got around to everybody. They brought everybody in, so they 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 everybody was on board from the moment that they stepped in the door. So automatically, you get a place that's unified, uh, feels wanted, um, feel appreciated, feel like they're part of it. Um, what they've done with the young players up there, you know, this is the, this is a club up there that they don't focus on what you can't do. They'll work on that with you, but they really want to celebrate what you can do. So they do things like weapons training every week where you get to go and work on the thing that you're actually best at. And people go, geez, why, would you, why wouldn't you go work on your deficiencies? And it's, um, they have a different view on that. They have, you know, they reward playing to win acts and things like that. And, and the, the way that they've been able to empower um, and encourage that really young list up there and, and look at the results they've got. I mean, players are performing probably well ahead of their time that they might have um, at, at other clubs. Um it's um it's tremendous work that they have done up there, that's for sure. So yeah, Dave Noble would be a, a brilliant addition. Uh one three hundred-seven three six seven three six. Uh keep the calls coming through. Shane, stay right there. I uh, want to get to you in just a moment. Uh coming up very shortly, as I said, uh we will speak about the Morris Rioli Jr story with John McCardle, the man that broke that in the Western Australian, uh, and we'll give you uh, the details of a story that Mick Warner's just posted in regards to the Essendon review done by President Paul Brasher, um, and some of those findings may or may not shock you. We'll work through that next time on with Jack Heverin. one 736 736 is the number to call at any stage. If you've heard a story in sport or an opinion given today that you'd like to address or you'd like to give your take on one 736 736 the floor is always yours. Time on, on SEN, all thanks to Mazda. It's the complete package inside and out. Drive the brand-new Mazda BT50 at your Mazda dealer. Coming up this after 6.30, John McCardle from the West Australian, Maurice Rioli Jr. has nominated Richmond. Uh, paperwork not officially lodged. But apparently it is as good as done. So won't that just excite Richmond fans who, it's fair to say, have had a fair bit to be excited about over the last few years and just goes from good to better for Richmond faithful. Shane's given us a call on the road. We were speaking a little earlier about, uh, I suppose the opportunities for former coaches to get back into the game and St Kilda have sort of been one to bring that back into vogue after giving Brett Bratton another chance to coach a senior side and that's paid dividends straight away the Saints made finals this year we talk about that off the back of North Melbourne at the moment searching for a senior coach and what exactly do they need do they need the new exciting uh, the next big thing in coaching from a a young untried coach or do they need an elder statesman a cooler coach calm ahead, someone a bit more experienced, who's been around the block a few times uh, and won't be daunted by the, the challenges ahead. Not to say that a young coach would be, but it's just two different, I suppose, roads to take and which one would suit them best. Shane's on the road. Hello, Shane. Hey, Jack. How you got, mate? Uh, Sam here, mate, but that's okay. I'm, Sorry, I, I won't be offended. <laughs> He's a great man, Jack Heverin. I'm more than happy <laughs> My to be mistaken apologies. for him. No, look, I...
0: Um... Uh, I think that um, the one person that no one is considering for these roles or maybe he's just tired of putting his hand up is Gary Ayres. I mean, um, he had a great AFL career um, and then he moved into the BFL, took over Port Melbourne, that was pretty much a basket case, and taken them to two premierships, hasn't missed the finals. I think he's got exactly what North Melbourne needs. Need now. I'm a Swan supporter, so I've got no invested interest. But mm. I just don't understand why why clubs keep on overlooking Gary. Eds. he's a brilliant coach, a brilliant mentor. Um, the the young players absolutely adore the guy. And I, I it just it's maybe you've, you're in the industry. You can probably tell us all why he's not
2: getting the gig. I wouldn't presume to, to know. Uh, I wouldn't overstate my position uh, within the industry that far. But, Shane, thank you. I'll, I'll take the compliment But I, 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 I yeah, you're overstating uh, my um, role within our great game. I'm just lucky enough that I get to commentate it and talk about it. Um, but it does surprise me, as I said before, that player, that people like that Aren't more readily considered now. I don't know whether he has been considered and then dismissed, or whether he's still in consideration. I don't know because I'm not in the inner sanctum of North Melbourne. But I think when you look at someone who's got the playing resume he does, albeit from a, from a different era, but that's fine. Um, the, the coaching experience he has. But every time you hear Garys speak, he still has a, a desire to coach. He still, you know, he still is an incredibly motivated. Person when it comes to coaching, uh, developing talent, and leading young players and, and all players. So um, I can't answer your question, Shane, because I haven't I haven't ever asked the question of a of a CEO of a club to say when they were looking for a coach or, or someone who was on a coach selection committee. Why did you not look at someone like a Gary Ayres? What would count him out straight away? And and the other thing is he may not have not have applied. So that would be the other um roadblock to that but yeah you know, I can't answer your question I wish I could Shane but I'm not going to pretend I can it does puzzle me though when we do see that there's people that have coached and 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 had real experience I mean Gary Eze has coached in grand finals um who haven't been able to to get another look in um after maybe uh a, a job didn't work out that way we see it all the time in in English Premier League we see it all the time in the NFL and I wonder when we'll see it again uh, in the AFL. Brett Ratton's a great example of how it can, it can work again. Um, and it's not like it hasn't happened before. Uh, Dan Minogue, who was a, a, a captain coach uh, of Richmond, um, he played and coached at about five different clubs. Uh, Clarko sits uh, at one point, equaled him on the all-time games coached record during the year. And I looked him up because I was doing that game. And, and Dan Minogue, back in the 20s, um, he coached five different VFL clubs. So it's not unheard of. But for some reason, it just seems to be really out of vogue in our game at the moment. Uh, Greg's in Blackburn. G'day, mate. Salutations. Thank um, you. <laughs> they need to keep. Firstly, they need to keep Jay Burns as opener just to
0: give him a, a couple of a couple of tests because it's not that bad you know, when you look at what they've done. Um, Choco Williams, he would be my man any day of the week for uh, North Melbourne. He's
2: he's coached an
0: AFL premiership. I love Gary Ayres. I love what he's done with Port. Um, but Choco's the man. I really believe that.
2: Yeah, and there's a few people echoing that sentiment as well, Greg, and, and I thank you for uh, for calling in again. Uh, he's another one on that list. Brendan's in Camberwell. Hello, Brendan.
0: G'day, mate. How are you going?
2: Really well, thanks.
0: That's all right. Um, I'm just wondering if ever um, Brett Montgomery from the uh, Bulldogs on Port Adelaide has uh, been considered for this job.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um Certainly, someone who's very, very highly regarded as an assistant coach. Uh, I don't know, and I, I've, I've I seem to recall that there's been a couple of jobs over the last few years that I think that he got towards the pointy end for, but I, I don't know, and I can't tell you with any with any certainty or with any fact behind it that he he has or he hasn't been considered for for this North Melbourne job. We're just sort of all going off reports uh, at the moment, and when North Melbourne are ready to talk, they will. Uh, and they may be able to reveal sort of who applied and who was in the running um, for those positions. So, yeah, it's a, it's another good nomination, Brendan, but I can't help you there either, uh, unfortunately. And off the text, why hasn't John Worsfold's name, name been mentioned for the North job? He's a great teacher and guided the Bombers through a really bad time. That's from Brett. Well, it brings us nicely to a story today. Mick Warner um, has reported that uh, Essendon have conceded that there were fundamental coaching differences between John Worsfold and Bren Rutten this year. Uh, He says a review into the footy club operations led by new president Paul Brasher found that there were conflicting philosophies between the pair in 2020. So they won just one out of their final 10 games uh, with Rutten to take charge in his own right next year. It was Worsfold's final year. Um, The the review into it has uh, revealed details of the club's roadmap to climb the ladder uh, and Brasher admitted Worsfold's player empowerment, own-your-own-career philosophy – contrasted starkly with Rutten's uncompromising demands on standards and accountabilities. And in a win for Ben Rutten, the review determined that the more ruthless mantra was better suited to Essendon's current playing group. He said, It's clear the empowerment approach pushed by Walsfall didn't work well with this group in this environment. Going forward, everybody, not just the players, but everybody in the entire club will be in no doubt about the standards required and will be held accountable to meeting those standards. Uh, The review was of about 40 different players, coaches and staff in conjunction with club directors Simon Madden, Sean Wellman and Kevin Sheedy. They identified four main themes for improvement, brand identity, winning culture, standards and accountability, honesty and connection and player leadership and development. Uh, and Paul Brasher said we need to be clearer on what the Essendon brand stands for. Critically, there will be no ambiguity about the fact that our overriding objective is winning, winning games, winning finals, and particularly winning premiership. So that story is up at the moment. Um, it's, it is a fascinating one by Mick Warner, and, and what's it contained within it is a real must-read uh, for Essendon fans. And, and we're told that um, when you hear Ben in coming weeks, you will discover that this is something he is passionate about. Uh, they are going to place more emphasis on recruiting, selecting, and developing on-field leaders and have engaged a high-performance psychologist as well. So that does fit in with their targeting of uh, Josh Dunkley, that's for sure, as um, someone who they targeted to be an on-field leader for them. So that is a fascinating story. And as an Essendon fan, I'd love to know how you feel hearing that. So I think what was assumed and and was being pontificated on and, and surmised throughout the year, that maybe there was a bit of a disconnect between uh, John Worsfold and Ben Rutten might not be, have been personally, but certainly in coaching philosophy-wise, there was. So and this review has confirmed those suspicions that cropped up from time to time during the year, and the exact words used were conflicting philosophies. Uh, Worsfold's empowerment, own-your-own-career philosophy – uh, that was at odds with Rutten's uncompromising demands on standards and accountability. So if you're an Essendon fan, what would you prefer your club was all about? Empowerment, owning your own career, or uncompromising demands on standards and accountabilities? one 736 736 uh is the number to give me a call and have your say on that. Uh, Braden Ham and Jaden Laverty have uh, signed one-year deals to remain at the club as well. So that's more news coming out of the Dons today. A couple of their younger players have been uh, given a chance to continue their career. And I think it was Gary and Tim speaking this morning that a one-year deal can often mean uh, we think you've got a future here, but you need to play better and we'll be able to extend you more. All words to that effect. Check it out on the podcast, sen.com.au. Uh, I've got someone who's had a crack at me by saying that John McArdle was coming up next. Well, no, John McArdle is coming up next. I said he was coming up after 630 they said, coming up next doesn't mean you waffle on. So uh, very, very sorry if we've miscommunicated that to uh, the person that texts that in. Surprise, surprise when they tend to get more on the abusive side. They don't have a name and suburb. Uh, but we're certainly happy to respond uh, to you asking in such polite terms to hurry up and get to John McCardle. So we'll do that straight after this from the West Australian. Uh, Maurice Rioli Jr. nominating Richmond uh, to play for under the father-son rule. We'll find out the machinations behind that Straight after this, time on for the Mazda. Time on f- thanks to Mazda. It's the. Sam Hargraves in for Jack this evening. 1300 736 736 is the number to call at any time. Uh, this is time on thanks to Mazda. It's the complete package inside and out. Drive the brand new Mazda BT50 at your Mazda dealer. If Richmond fans haven't had enough to cheer about the <laughs> last few years, I'll go he. But, hey, when it rains, it pours. Uh, news coming out of the Western Australian today, a fantastic article uh, and a welcome article for Tigers fans. But I think of all footy fans who can just sit back and admire what the Rioli name has given to our great game uh, for many, many years now. Uh, Morris Rioli, senior, was a two-time premiership player uh, with the Richmond Football Club and Smith medalist as well. Um, Cyril Rioli, Smith medalist and four-time premiership player with Hawthorne. Daniel Rioli, um, a three-time premiership player with Richmond. The Rioli name is a football name of the highest order and has given so much to the sport that we all love. And it looks to continue. Maurice Rioli Jr. nominating Richmond ahead of the draft as a, as a father's son. And the man who broke the story, uh, Jordan McCardle from the West Australian, has been good enough to jump on the phone. G'day, Jordan.
0: Back down, how are you?
2: Uh, Really well, thanks. Although probably not as well as uh, the Richmond Footy Club and the Richmond Footy Club fans are feeling having read your good work today.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. As if they uh, they needed any more talent. They've already got uh, a Rioli at the club who's won three flags. But you know what they say, draft a Rioli, win a flag. I think there's been a Rioli (laughs) in seven of the last eight AFL premierships. So yeah, Boris looks like an absolute beauty as well. It was I guess it was one of those things. It, it, almost, it always looked like he was going to choose the Tigers, but now he's sort of made things official. So, yeah, if the, the Richmond fans hadn't stopped celebrating after their flag, they can, they can start celebrating again.
2: So tell us a bit about Junior, Maurice um, Rioli Junior. Um, St Mary's, uh, Tiwi Islands, uh, and, and I believe is, is now down here sort of following a similar path to what Cyril did uh, attending Scotch College.
3: Yeah, that's right. On he made his senior debut at St Mary's at just fifteen years old. So I think he kicked a couple of goals on debut, and he's uh, yeah he's sort of gone to from strength to strength. From from there, he's uh, he's a very handy player at, at St Mary's, but obviously based uh, based down in in Melbourne now, where he, where he attends Scotch College on a on a scholarship. Um, was was due to play for the Oakley Chargers as well this year in in the NAB League, but unfortunately that uh, that got cancelled. So. Yeah, it was a it was a year that um we didn't get to see a great deal of, of Morris Junior unfortunately. But yeah, I tell you what from um from the games I have seen of his, he's uh yeah, he's a pretty exciting talent. He's a he's a defensive kind of small forward. He's uh he's got some tricks though. He's uh he can kick goals from, from both feet, he can he can tackle, he can chase, um yeah, he's uh he's got that X factor like most Riolis do.
2: Yeah, I've just been watching some highlights of a, a four-goal display for St. Mary's in the uh, the NTFL semi-final. <laughs> uh, yep. <yeah>, uh, <laughs> just exactly what you'd expect, really, from a Rioli.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. There, there probably wasn't much of him when he, um, when he made his debut as a 15-year-old, but it looks like he's, he's grown a little bit in size. He's got a, a, a bit stronger and maybe a couple of centimetres in height as well, so... Um, it'd be interesting to see whether whether he gets. It's a pretty hard side to break into, though, the, the Tigers. So he might have to bide his time through the VFL for a for a year or so. But um, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting once he once he does crack into that side. Uh,
2: I do have to apologise as well. I said a two-time Premiership player with Richmond. I, I meant to say a two-time Best and fairest winner. Uh, with Richmond, and thank you to the person who just texted that in. That was a, uh, a simple slip of the tongue there, but of course, a Norm Smith medal medalist in 1982 was uh, Morris Rioli senior.
3: Um, yeah, it's right in a, in a losing in a losing side as well. So I think he might have been the first the first ever to win a Norm Smith in a, in a losing grand final back in '82. So um, it certainly takes some doing when you when you win one in a, a losing side. So a lot of people would have
2: thought, well, isn't that a foregone conclusion that that Junior would absolutely want to play uh, at Richmond where where Senior did? But he had options, uh, Morris Rioli Junior. He could have gone to two other clubs. Am I am I right in assuming that?
3: Yeah, he had the option to choose either either Richmond through father son Fremantle through father son because Morris obviously played uh, more than 150 games, and he ended up with 158 games at at South Fremantle, and what what a career he had there. He won yes. a premiership well, there. Uh,
2: I know that. Uh, 1980. There was a premiership there. I know that one.
3: <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it's it's hard to uh, hard to keep track of all his accolades. He was uh, he was an outstanding footballer. The late Morris Senior. Um, yeah. Well, it's, and then obviously Essendon through their their next generation academy, and he could have also chosen just to go go into the draft and sort of ignore all of those. So um, Fremantle met with him, I think by Zoom, obviously a couple of times. Um, I think it was one of those things. I wrote it for the, the West Australian today. I think a lot of Dockers fans were um, were already sort of conceding defeat on that one. It would have been um, you know it, it, probably the least likely of the three options being the fact that he's already sort of settled in Melbourne. He's been been at school there a, a couple of years now, and you know he's got his nephew in in Daniel there as well, and they're, they're quite close. So it seemed like Richmond was always going to be the likely option, but now it's um, you know going to become a reality. So I mean and in
2: terms of the there was I think as you mentioned Essendon was a possibility as well with the next gen with their through their next gen academy.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Kerry Island is one of the one of the zones for Essendon's next generation academy. So there was obviously the option to go for that, but I guess Richmond still have to, uh, they might, might have to match a a bid. So that's, um, yeah, still going to be interesting to see how that pans out in next month's draft. Um, they'll be hoping a a bid comes sort of after pick 20 because that would cost them a a lot less. I think it'd be 197 in the, in the draft index rather than a a 20% discount, whether it's in the, in the top 20. So, um, they'll be hoping a a bid doesn't come higher. But yeah. You never know with with a team like Essen. They they bid on uh, Irving Mosquito in the last couple of years, and they ended up um, nabbing him. So yeah, you just never know. But they'll be um, they'll have their fingers crossed that a bid doesn't come till a little bit later.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just trying to look down. I think Richmond have pick 36 um, in in the second round. Uh, where would you be expecting that they would need to match uh, any bid that came if it was to come?
3: I think you wouldn't you wouldn't expect the um the, the top twenty, twenty five. I don't think you sort of rated among among those sort of names. So you'd you'd think they'd be pretty safe in those respects. They they'd even be hoping that they, they wouldn't have to use that um their first pick as well. So yeah, hopefully for them they can um they can use a later pick for him, but uh yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh
2: so a very, very exciting day to come. So for Richmond fans who might have just tuned in and maybe haven't seen a lot of um, Morris Rioli Jr.'s work. um, Just give us in a nutshell, the weapons that that he brings to the table.
3: Oh, he's just, uh, he's just an all round package up forward. He's, um, he can kick goals from, from anywhere on, on both feet. He's got elite skills and he's, he's got that really good defensive side to his game as well. He's got that sort of closing speed and yeah, he's uh, he's a good sort of tackler and that as well. So he's, Sort of the all-round package. and I think he's going to develop into a, yeah, a very nice AFL footballer in years to come.
2: And the re- the relationship to Daniel because I've read you said uncle and I've read cousin. Um, how, how does the the family tree work with uh, with Morris Rioli Junior and and Daniel? Because uh, obviously Daniel being hey, at the that, Tigers as well.
3: It sounds quite strange, but D- Daniel's actually Morris Junior's nephew. So um, yeah, I had to I had to double check that one. Yesterday, but yeah, that's that's correct. I initially thought cousin, but it's, he's actually a, a nephew, which is uh it seems strange considering the age gap and Daniel's probably six or seven years older, but um yeah, got confirmation of that yesterday. Well,
2: you've already absolutely got the Tiger Army up and about the texts that are coming through, just say one of them in particular, he is coming, we will match any bid. Uh so it's a very exciting time. As I said, the Rioli name has um, is one of the great football names and it looks like it's going to continue on uh, in no lesser terms with the exciting announcement uh, in regards to Morris Rioli Jr. Thanks so much and great work with uh, breaking the story. Really appreciate it, Jordan.
3: Thanks, Matt. Um Yeah, feel free to call any time.
2: Jordan McArdle from the Western Australian. You can read the whole story there, but uh, Tigers fans, that is uh, just another star player coming your way by the looks. And I've been watching some of the highlights as well. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that. 0433981116. And apologies again. I will reiterate that it was a simple slip of the tongue when I said he was a two-time premiership player. I did mean to say he was a two-time best and fairest winner with Richmond. And, of course, he won the 1980 Waffle Premiership with South Fremantle. So for those who are still texting in, you're 100% right. It was a slip of the tongue. And I thank you for picking me up on it. one 736 736 Got some text coming through from Essendon fans about uh, the story that we just went through um, in regards to the Essendon Football Club and the review that's been done by new president Paul Brasher, which found that there were conflicting philosophies between John Warsfold and Ben Rutten this year in Worsfold's final year and the transition year with Ben Rutten. The review, though, found that it was Rutten's Ruthless mantra that was better suited to the Essendon's current playing group. The uncompromising demands on standards and accountabilities is the direction they want to go to. So, how does that sit with you, Essendon fans? One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Time on SEN.
0: SEN,
1: your home of sport. Time on with Jack Hevron.
2: Sam Hargrave is in the chair for Jack this evening. 0433981116. Keep the text coming on the Temper text line. Temper is a mattress like no other. After 7 o'clock, I want to pick up on a piece of what Nathan Buckley had to say yesterday about glue players. I'll play the audio and what he was talking about, and then I want to know from you who the glue players at your club are. It was an interesting piece of the conversation when he spoke about why they were letting go Trelaw and Stevenson and Phillips and both And he mentioned that they weren't glue players. So I want to know at your club who is. We'll do that after seven o'clock. Uh, Chris Green, South African-born Australian cricketer, just got back from the IPL with the Kolkata Knight Riders and will be in action in the BBL, one of the really, really skillful all-rounders of the BBL, the Sydney Thunder, currently in hotel quarantine, flying back from the UAE. And then... Before After 8 o'clock, Mark Brayshaw, the boss of the AFL Coaches Association, is going to join me. We're going to talk women coaches just off the back of the Lisa Alexander story where she applied for the North Melbourne gig. And I want to know a little bit more about what pathways are in place for women to coach in the AFL and the AFLW, And I want to get Mark Brayshaw's thoughts on that. So don't miss that one as well after 8 o'clock. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 We just spoke to Jordan McArdle from the Western Australian Um from the West Australian who was uh, telling us about Morris Rioli Jr., who um, we believe it's only a matter of time before the paperwork is officially lodged uh, for him to nominate Richmond as his destination in the draft as a father-son. And uh, there's a lot of happy texts from Richmond (laughs) fans coming through. But then there are those that say there should be a Royal Commission if Richmond get Morris Rioli Jr. Enough flags already for Richmond. Richmond should have good players leaving them or retiring, not the other way around and going to them. Uh, That's from Kevin one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Some other things making news today. Uh, the Western Bulldogs have delisted uh, a, a couple more players. Matt Suckling and Jackson Trengove, the most notable of those. So Matt Suckling, a two-time premiership player with Hawthorne, one of the most elite kicks in the competition. Um, that surprised me, that one. I know he's had uh, injury concerns over the last few years, but I still would have thought that he would be in the Bulldogs' best 22 without having... Gone through it with a fine-tooth comb. Um, 32 years of age. He's played 171 games and the two premierships as well. 80, 69 for the Dogs and 102 for the Hawks. He's kicked 82 goals as well. Jeez, I really reckon there's another home for someone like Matthew Suckling. Uh, in an era where elite kicking is at a premium and someone who can be a finisher as well, he's had success when he's played up forward as well. Um, And Jackson Trengo is an interesting one. We we thought that Alex Keith, when he came to the Western Bulldogs, they needed an extra tool uh, to help out down back. And uh, Jackson Trengo now being released by the Western Bulldogs. So a couple of surprising ones there for for dog fans who had a great trade period and a free agency period, of course. Um, They didn't lose Josh Dunkley, and then they brought in uh, Steph Martin, Mitch Hannon, um, Adam Trelaw as well. And there's another one that I'm missing. But they had a very good trade period. Uh, and the Giants are looking at Shane Savage, hoping to get him as a delisted free agent. Doesn't have a contract with St Kilda next year, the former Hawk as well. Hoping to add them to provide a bit more run and dash uh, off their back line. Time one's been all thanks to Mazda. It's a complete package inside and out drive. The brand new Mazda BT50, your Mazda dealer. Thank you for all your text. Uh, just a few on the North Melbourne coaching job. Grant Thomas, left field, yes. But I'd like what he did at the Saints. Multhouse should be the coach at North Melbourne. And a couple more for John Worsfold as well. And a couple of texts in regards to Will Bukowski. Dean says Justin Langer should give the opening spot to Joe Biden. for. Uh, I think he means Joe Burns. The uh, Sporting Capital is up next.
1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game?